Cafe. Anyway, hi, I'm Mike Matthew. Mike's Daily Podcast. Welcome to FF episode 2508 2508. The last podcast was called Ticket. Mike's Daily Podcast. And it's Mike Matthews here at Cafe Anyway, somewhere in Podcastro Valley. The last place on earth. I hope you're having a great day full of mirth. And that you go out and you look at some of those amazing Halloween decorations that are everywhere these days. Because that's exciting. Yays. Uh, let's see. Well, today... Mike's Daily Podcast. We're gonna... Oh, that's why my coworker wore a Lakers shirt today. Oh, see, that's what happens when you're not into sports. Mike's you're kind of out of the loop. You don't understand podcast things that people are doing. Yeah. Well, what about that stock market? So today was a little bit better. That's good. Do you have money in the stock market? Do you care? Well, as you get older, you tend to care. The stock market crash. Last week, we had some bad days. It's exposing Wall Street's biggest charlatans and grifters, the recent plunge. During the economic bubble two years ago, financial influencers seemed to be pushing their buzzy investment ideas everywhere. The market seemed so favorable that influencers realized they could get average investors in on the action too. However, now that a recession is on the horizon, Possibly, these influencers have gone quiet and many of these investors are paying the price. This this is from businessinsider.com. About two years ago, financial influencers were everywhere, but now they've gone quiet in a market bubble. It's easy to confuse opportunity for genius, but when the market tanks, a lot of those brilliant operators Smooth operators disperse. And here's today's podcast picture. I'm going to show you a Halloween picture is what I'm going to do. See it on mikesdailypodcast.com. It is from Niles tonight. I did a nice little walk. It's, uh, you know, the weather's so nice this time of year, but at the same time, the dang sun goes down so fast. But we get such beautiful sunsets this time of year in the Bay Area. Vlad Tenev, he's the CEO of the stock trading app Robinhood app, or the Robinhood app, used to be on financial TV all the time, slinging his product. Now, no one talks about him or his company. That's right. The late great Basil the Boxer never talked about him or his company either. And he loved fall. And he loved Niles. We used to go to Niles all the time. See the picture at Niles of Niles at Mike'sDailyPodcast.com. Shamat Palifhapitaya, the king of SPACs, a type of investment vehicle that went unused for years until it suddenly surged in popularity during the pandemic. Shamath has been quietly selling off his supposed crown jewels. When financial markets are minting not just money but celebrities, it's time to be more skeptical. It's time to prepare for the kind of disaster that makes once great stock pickers 
look like pikers. The most popular notion of our last rally was a bet that economic conditions would remain favorable to companies that didn't make money, that these firms could grow off debt and investment capital alone. This especially worked for the technology sector, which trotted all sorts of half-baked metrics to make up for a lack of profit. For the past decade plus, the stock market loved this. It hit all-time highs over and over again. The market seemed so friendly that influencers realized that they could get average investors in on the action, grab your own piece of the grand future, but the market has a way of turning violent when stories get too pie in the sky E. Now you see why there are so many channels, podcasts, radio shows, television shows, movies all about the stock market. It's fascinating. It's weird. Inflation reared its ugly head and the Federal Reserve changed the rules of the game by raising interest rates. It imposed a cost on borrowing money. And that was a direct attack on the hottest stock stories of the latest cycle. Palihapitia, the SPAC person, is a Facebook-made billionaire who helped start the special purpose acquisition company SPACs craze in 2019 they are an ideal bubble vehicle allowing rich investors to raise money and take a company public without due diligence he argued that his SPAC push democratizes access to high growth companies to say his SPAC companies have not done well since the market started failing and falling would be an understatement these companies are getting Vaporized This all from Lene Lopez Senior correspondent At Business Insider It's never a good sign When you see celebrities Hanging around the stock market And during the bubble They were everywhere Pumping crypto And investing in SPACs <laughs> That's right Wasn't it What's his name uh, The guy from The The, the I honestly have forgotten his name. That is so dumb of me. I've this actor. The uh, what's eating Gilbert Grape? That guy, Lobe, uh, Caprio. He was pushing crypto, or was it Matt Damon? I just get those two confused. James Corden has been banned from the famous New York City restaurant Balthazar. Interesting. This from BuzzFeed. Going out to eat is great as long as you obey the one writ unwritten rule of dining out. Don't be a jerk to the wait staff. <sighs> James Corden might not have gotten the memo on that one. Restaurateur Keith McNally, who owns the New York City restaurant Balthazar, recently posted on Instagram that, that the comedian is effectively banned from the famous bistros. We go outside a cafe anyway. Anyway. We're bringing Mike's Daily Podcast somewhere in Podcaster Valley, the last place on earth, in the post... Keith calls James a tiny cretin of a man and claims that he was the most abusive customer to my Balthazar servers since the restaurant opened 25 years ago. He went on to detail two recent uh, allegations, alleged examples of how James had treated Balthazar's wait staff while also noting that he behaved similarly 
at Keith's former restaurant, Cafe Luxembourg, a few weeks back. Keith alleges that James was extremely nasty to his server, demanded another round of drinks, as well as his table's drinks order comped altogether. This way I won't, I won't write any nasty reviews in Yelp or anything like that, Keith claims. James said. James has yet to respond to Keith's allegations as of this. Oh, James Corden just called me and apologized profusely, Keith wrote. Having blanked up myself more than most people, I strongly believe in second chances. Ah, okay. So there was some sort of apology made there. And what other thing? Oh, Princess Leah. Let's see. An artist whose work played a major role in The Return of the Jedi still seeks recognition. This according to uh, the, the um, San Francisco SF Gate. An artist who's played a major role in Return of the Jedi still seeks recognition. Her ability to work fast yet with an eye for detail led Lucasfilm to tap her to draw what she referred to as a new version of Princess Leia. But since that short gig, Marilee Hires says it's been an almost four-decade battle to receive credit for her work. Lucas reportedly loved her renderings and a new look for Leia was cemented. That was the one, the, the, the metallic outfit that she wore when she, Princess Leia was the prisoner of Jabba the Hutt. In the years that followed, Hire says her work from Jedi has turned up in various books about Star Wars, Hollywood, or movie fashion in general. That from the San Francisco Chronicle. Interesting. Kind of. If I enjoyed Star Wars anymore, but I don't. Finally, what is 2022's best and worst cities for vampires? This came from someone named John Schmidt. I uh, somehow um, got this email. I intercepted this email and it said the following. They looked for cities with plenty of warm bodies, blood centers, and vampire-friendly dwellings like casket suppliers, homes with basements. They considered deterrents like garlic festivals and sunshine as well as community and entertainment factors such as vampire groups, nightlife options, and vampire tours. They got the 10 best and worst cities for vampires. So let's see, the number one best city for vampires would be New York. The worst city for vampires would be Surprise, Arizona. New York City is the ideal city for vampires thanks to having the most potential victims, the most slaughterhouses, the most vampire groups. Big cities like New York or Chicago and Seattle have plenty of fresh blood, nightlife, and casket suppliers. Surprise, Arizona came in dead last and other sunny southern cities fell in that ranking with other Arizona cities plus Nevada and California taking up the bottom 10. 
While fewer layers of clothing might make it easier to sneak a drink through all four seasons, it's hard to avoid the sun's rays with maximum sunshine, minimal cloud cover, few homes with basements, and scarce casket suppliers, especially in California. Thank you. Yes, that... I intercepted that. Now, I don't know why I intercepted that, but there you go. Outside a cafe anyway, somewhere in Podcaster Valley, look who's here. Hi, Mark. It's Benita the Rodeo Queen. How y'all doing? It's a disgruntled fiddle player. Tell you what. What? I can't believe you got through a whole podcast without talking about conspiracy theorists and Trump and picking up mom from jail. And getting drunk and trains. Yeah, I didn't talk about any of that. Look who else is here. Oh, Mike, I make the delicious root beer. Has to Thank you. Ah, do you see my wonderful picture? Yeah, drink my root beer right now. Cut you. I just did. It's my Halloween root beer. Yes, yes, I could tell with. All the candy corn floating in it. Time now for the segment. Let's go back with Matthews. This is right. This is what we do. I have to. I got to record some more cassettes. Pull some more stuff off of cassettes. So I used to do once upon a time. I was on country station. In fact, a lot of the characters you hear on this show. That are more country leading came from the country station I worked at. And I featured a little bit of it in the last podcast. But here is something here. I got to interview a local celebrity back in 1995. We're going way, way back, everybody, in the time machine. Back to 1995, I interviewed a local celebrity named Darlene O'Connell. And the little people. No, she was just Darlene O'Connell. That's Marty Stewart's new one. And uh, I'm, I'm in the presence of beauty right now. I am with the one and only Darlene O'Connell. Now, she performed at a lot of events and she did a special fundraiser to help raise money for uh, fighting leukemia. In fact, there was uh, people donating blood to help uh, or you you didn't donate blood. You what you gave the blood to help find out if you were if you could be if you could be someone who could donate part of your bone marrow for uh, leukemia to fight leukemia and anyway I think we talked a little bit about this in this little against the forehead I'm sorry <laughs> all right well Darlene let me play a song for the people uh, because they probably want to hear some music so let's go into a Travis Tritt song are you familiar with Wow that was a while ago this almost 30 years ago I'm trying to find a little Fun part of the trap. I was about to play a Travis Tritt song because he was huge in '95. I'm underneath table 14, so I'll pull that down. What the? Oh, that's right. So we were at Santa Fe, the Santa Fe Cafe, and uh, people, we, you know, we were like at a restaurant, and people would call in, like that guy who just called in, 
And we just had fun with the whole premise of restaurants and whatnot. Well, we got to see him last week, and we really enjoyed it. Oh, really? Everybody should come to this one. Radney's very unique. He is. Uh, he has uh, very nice sunglasses. No, 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 regular prescription glasses he wears. <laughs> he looks so GQ in a country sort of way. In a very country sort of way. Well, Especially when he comes out in the middle of his set and grabs a pretty girl out of the audience and swings with her for a little while. He does. Yes, he does. Okay, so women will be showing up to this concert. <laughs> Did he grab you, darling? No, no, I sat on the edge. He, he knew, oh. no, I, he wasn't supposed to grab me. Okay. No, not a good thing. Well, uh Wow, what an interview this is. <laughs> Was it, we talking about Randy Travis? Ooh, how are you, darling? I'm fine, Matt. How are you? I'm fine. Well, you are the 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 one and only Darlene O'Connell of the Dixie Flyers, and you perform all over the place for like a uh, country celebrations, and you'll be opening for Radney Foster this Saturday. Oh, Radney Foster, that's right. Nobody wins. We all lose. Hearts get broken, and. Uh, something else. Wonderful lead male singer named Mr. John Stiles. And I'd really like it if he did the song, the next song that he wrote himself called City Hall. Well, I don't know if anything became of John Stiles or Darlene O'Connell, but there you go. 30 years ago, just about, there was that little bit of the Santa Fe Cafe. And that's us going back with Matthews. Okay, what else? Oh, so, it is time now to play, uh, oh, the Mike Matthews New Tunes Feud. Shall we do that? Let's do that. People send me music and stuff, and I got a band here. Uh, you can email me, mikesdailypodcast at gmail.com. This is a band. They don't have a name. The song is called Waste My Time. Oh, new friends. New friends? Is that that's a nice friendly name? New friends. Waste my time. That's all I can play, sadly. Otherwise, I'll get dinged. Wow, nice harmonies in that. I like the vocal layers on that. Nice beat. That's called New Friends. And now, Colony House. Colony House is going to play in Nashville soon. I guess they they wanted me to know. Um, but then uh, they're playing. Here is a little bit. Check out. It says here, check out two brand new songs. Okay, let's see. Oh, Cannonballers is the name of this. And it's from Colony House. Here we go. Asking myself, hey, why are you running? There you go, Colony House. Which one do you like better? Ooh, wait a minute. Oh, I got a response from a YouTuber that I follow. She and her boyfriend, Tampa J, they go to all these cool places. They travel all over the place. And she has only had a YouTube channel for a year. And she's got a, a gazillion 
followers already because she's so genuine and cool. And I had written her and told her uh, I saw the latest video that she just did where she was at Disneyland in Anaheim. I said, oh, you must have gone on a Monday because there wasn't that many people there. And she, as soon as she walked in to the park, when you go through the little archways underneath the train, it's been there since 1955. And there's this little plaque there that says, when you go through here, you leave behind today and you enter the world of yesterday and tomorrow and fantasy. And she immediately starts to tear up and cry. And she's like, I, I, I have to tell you, I'm crying because this is the one park, the one amusement park in the world that I love the most. And to be here is just a fantastic moment. It's taken a lot to get here. So she started to tear up. It was really beautiful. And I wrote to her that was really touching. And isn't it interesting that Disneyland was built on an old orange grove and Disneyland California Adventure was built on a parking lot an old they put out uh, (laughs) instead of paving paradise and putting up a parking lot they paved parking lots and put up a amusement park Disneyland California Adventure and she wrote ah thank you so much definitely wish we could have gone during a weekday but we had to make do appreciate you watching that was nice of her. So which one did you like? She didn't say as much as I thought she would say, but there you go. That was nice of her. Anyway, new friends. Did you like that better? Or Colony House? You can call me 336-MM-DAILY. 3 plus 3 equals 6. MM is a Mike Matthews. Daily as in what this podcast. I missed a day yesterday. I got interrupted. But for the most part, it's daily. So Call now. 336-MM-DAILY. Mm-hmm. And next show, uh, we will hear from Madame Rudevega, Valentino, and Bison Bentley. Look for, oh, what's the name of the show? I don't know, but it's on this Canadian channel called Q. This guy, I can't think of his name now. He interviewed William Shatner, and I did not realize William Shatner is 91 now. Wow. And he's, it was a brilliant conversation about how he went up into space he got to go on a spaceship. I don't know one of those, if he did it with uh, the Virgin or or the Amazon guy or whatever. But he got to go up to, into space a little bit and he saw the vastness and the darkness of space. And he didn't like it. <laughs> he said it looked mean. It looked scary. And he turned back and looked at Earth and he goes, you know what? We can't blow this. This is our one chance. This is a big blue marble with only a little bit of air fending off all the elements of space. He said, you know, we really got to take care of it. He said till his dying day, he will be making sure to promote, uh, making sure we're, we're mindful of the planet being environmental, however way you want to phrase it. That's what William Shatner wants to do. But what I want to do is thank you for listening. And if you want to contact me, here's more info from A-Frame. Mike's Daily Podcast is written and produced and performed by Mike Matthews. His podcast is super easy to find. Download or listen to his show and read his blog at mikesdailypodcast.com. Email Mike now at mikesdailypodcast at gmail.com. See you tomorrow. Bye.